Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. Listening to episode 41 of Fadeless, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl. My name is Dave, and sitting at home with one hand on the mic and one hand on his suitcase. How you doing, Wayne? That is quite, uh, almost true. Definitely have one hand on the mic, but the other hand is actually trying to pull up Google Docs. But, you know, you're close. You're 50%. Okay. That's not bad. All right. And joining us this week, uh, a lot of the listeners will know her from her pointed comments via email and voicemail. Welcome, Sally. Hi, Dave and Wayne. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is awesome. We've been talking about doing this for quite some time. And, and as you know, it's uh, it's been a series of starts and stops, but weather's cooperating and here we are. Uh, you know, we, we definitely hit a period last year where every night Wayne and I would record, it seemed like it was storming. And fortunately, we kept our power. So knock on laminate and we're good to yeah, go. Yeah, we did have some really <laughs> stormy nights last year. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, we lost power last night for about 30 seconds. Oh, so enough to knock the alarm clocks out. So, <laughs> all right. But enough jibber jabber, as Mr. T would say. We are here tonight to talk about Lauren. Okay. Dr. Lauren Lewis. Now, is it fair to say AKA Karen Beatty or is it the other way around? Well, I don't think I don't think we know enough yet to say whether uh, she's actually Karen Beatty or whether Karen is her, or maybe it's her twin sister. Very orphan black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you think that, like um, maybe they're thinking about going that way, and now they're like, ah, well, we can't do that. You know? Nah, you know, to be totally honest, have I mean, a clone in there, but uh, no point in that now. No, nah, I, I I think Karen Beatty's likely her real name, Lauren Lewis. But, you know, who knows? We, we don't know at this point. Um, now, before we get started, you know, I, I want to give uh, just a little bit of background about Zoe Palmer, who, you know, obviously everybody knows is the actress that portrays Dr. Lauren Lewis. And what I didn't know is, you know, she really had two series prior to Lost Girl where she had a, you know, relatively significant role. And the first one uh, from 2008 to 2009 was a show called The Guard. And it was a Canadian TV show that portrayed the life of the Canadian Coast Guard along the British Columbia coast. And it revolved around four characters, including Carly Gregg, who was played by Zoe Palmer. But also on the cast, Wayne, you haven't met this guy yet, Gordon Michael Woolvote, who plays Seamus Harper in Andromeda. Sally, ever seen Andromeda? I haven't. Okay. It, it's uh, – yeah, you know, sci-fi, outer space, uh, Lexa Doig, who is one of the actresses in Continuum and was in Stargate, and it's really an awesome show. Uh, do you remember Hercules? Uh, gosh, what's his name, Wayne? The actor. Who is in Hercules? Kevin, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo is the, uh, he's the captain of the ship. Wow, and, good one, uh, Sally. I was, I was yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave you credit for knowing everything, but- but the, the show focused on the professional and personal lives of the characters as they confronted issues such as addiction, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Zoe Palmer appeared in all 22 episodes, and I love the description of the pilot. 
After a night of drinking, Carly Gregg, a rescue specialist who grew up in a fishboat, meets a free-spirited recovering addict named Wendell. And then in a later episode, Carly discloses her troubled childhood to Wendell and, drunk again, ends up in a meaningless sexual encounter with an aggressive tech. Um, sort of the antithesis of what we've seen out of Dr. Lewis. Yeah, for sure. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's acting, man, you know. All right. Now, the other one I like, and I posted, I don't know if you saw the, the picture I posted on Twitter. This is from a show she was on in 2006, 2007 called Instant Star. And it followed the life of a music competition winner as he enters the world of professional music business. And it was a youth-oriented show that, that uh, was nominated for several Gemini Awards. And she was in 12 episodes during seasons two and three. Uh, Laura Vandervoot, who you might remember from V, she was uh, the young blonde yeah, the, who was the daughter, Anna's, right? Yeah, right, the daughter, and Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, I know that name. Orphan Black uh, were some of the principal actors, but Instant Star Wiki, and I guess every show has a wiki these days. Instant Star Wiki describes Palmer's character Patsy Sewer, who, by the way, sported almost black hair, as wild and reckless a rocker chick with a vice for alcohol and starting fights. That's the Dr. Lewis I want to see. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, a little bit of background on uh, Zoe Palmer and her acting career. So why don't we just go ahead and start just uh, first impressions. You know, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Lauren. Uh, Sally, first impressions. First impressions of Lauren. Well, I got to say... The first few episodes of the show, I wasn't sure what I thought about her because I couldn't get a good read on her motives, and I wasn't sure if she was supposed to be a good a good guy or a bad guy. And so I read later that the writers and Zoe Palmer herself didn't necessarily know where the character was going, and I don't have all the details on that but it seems like maybe either dr lewis wasn't supposed to have as big of a role as she ended up having or maybe it just hadn't been decided by the time they started shooting so i wasn't i wasn't sure what to make of her and you know by the time episode eight of season one rolled around i mean that was obviously a a pretty is, awesome episode. Is that vexed? Yes, it is. Okay. Vexed. So, you know, there was a lot to like in that episode. And, uh, you know, there was also a lot to be uncomfortable about. Kind now, of that, misleading Bo. Right. Now, that's she. That's when she comes on to Bo under the orders of the Ash, if that's I recall right. correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in the words well, you know, of Kenzie, she, she spy-banged her. Yes, yes. But, you know, you bring up an interesting point about how uh, very often characters, you know, th that the writers really don't know for sure what role they're going to play. Uh, ben Linus in Lost was, was intended to only be in four episodes, and then, you know, he becomes one of the stars of the show and one of the most important characters. So, so Wayne, what, what about you? First impressions? Well, yeah, I, I have to kind of go with what Sally there said that, uh, you know, like it, it is really, I think even maybe even now I'm still kind of like, because 
What you said about them not really knowing about our character makes sense because I think they're kind of like inconsistent. They're, they give us like little bits of her. I guess they kind of like keep her shrouded in mystery for to a large degree so that when they come up with random things, it's like, oh, well, that's just part of her mysterious past and everything. Um, so, but, you know, at first, you know, obviously that her first encounter with Bo, you know, that was like, wow, you know, so because you, know, you don't. First of all, just uh, seeing an attraction between uh, this a same-sex couple on television is pretty rare, and so when you see it, it's like whoa! And then, uh, and then how they develop that relationship and everything, um, you know, it's uh, she shows times where she's like frustrating uh, because she's either too kind of like a stick in the mud and too straight and narrow, and then uh, and then there's other times when she's like the superhero. And, uh, you know, so there, I mean, I guess that's kind of like part of the charm of the character is that you, there's, she's definitely not easy to define, I guess. And that was probably like my, even at first I, I thought that, uh, you know, it's like kind of what's the deal with this character? Yeah. Well, you know, and you, Wayne, you and I have talked about this, obviously, you can kind of break it down. Season one, we see her establishing herself as the doctor to the Fae and this researcher who works well under pressure. Uh, and, you know, my first impression was that I really liked her and that, you know, what ended up happening for me was the relationship with Nadia and just the, I don't know, I guess the, the clinginess that Nadia and the, the babe this and the and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I ended up not really liking the character there for a while. And then season three, you know, she and Bo establish the relationship and, and, you know, really her character finishes the season, you know, I think as strong as any character in, in the show. So, you know, I'm back to really liking the character again. And, and part of what I like is that I don't know what the hell she's doing now. You know, we don't know where she is, what her motives are. Uh, so I'm liking her again. Yeah. Well, and, and so. the fact that, you know, she, she is to public knowledge. She's kind of the bad guy now, right? Like no one knows that she saved the day, except for you know, like like Bo, right? And yeah. Dyson, and Dyson, and Dyson right? Knows. Yes, and and they and they are who knows where they are. So you know, she's she's kind of out there on her own right now, which can make for. I don't. I was gonna say I don't think that Bo knows that Lauren saved the day unless Dyson meets up with Bo and tells her. I think the only person who knows is Dyson. Right, you're right. Yeah. Now, okay. Okay. Oh, I guess because I'm like assuming that I, this is how much I bought into like Dyson and and uh, and and, uh, and Bo and everyone are in the same place, right? So. Oh, you mean as a, after that, the after the car crash? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So. So I guess I'm buying um, that theory right. too much. I mean, we could go in a lot of different orders, chronological to a certain extent, but you know, let's just start with. Lauren as doctor to the Fae, because that's really where we first meet her way back in the pilot. And we really see, you know, the, the first sparks kind of flying. Do, do either of you remember what happens in the pilot? Uh, you know, she fills Bo in on the Fae world, right? She's, she's examining Bo mm -hmm. and there's that, you know, uh, you know, I guess Bo has to take her top off or whatever as she's getting examined and she, and it kind of runs her hand centrally down Bo's back. And do, do you remember her line? My God, you're beautiful. 
I do remember it. I haven't watched it 20 times on YouTube or anything, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I told you I did a speed watch of the first three seasons. Uh, and, <laughs> and Wayne, I think you coined the term suck you touch, if I recall correctly. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'll claim to have coined it, you know, if, if, okay. if I could ever make any money off it. You know. And as far as I know, she was the first vic- uh, victim of the suck you touch. Um. But, you know, we see her early on, you know, do, doing, you know, trying to find the, you know, the various cures for things. Uh, we also find out that apparently the ash requires physicals of the light fae, at least the important ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so she does that. But I think really where she really makes her mark was in the, I guess it was the season finale of season one when the, you know, the bomb goes off and we've got the... Uh, the light elders that are killed and, and, you know, that whole evacuation crisis where she's basically running a triage unit. Yeah, she was definitely in charge during that, during the, after the big explosion. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that happened at the end of that, you know, Bo, you know, comes for help and tells, uh, you know, I think they had mentioned that, you know, that they needed to talk because obviously through the season one, you know, um, you know, I guess it was pretty evident that they liked each other. And, and, and Sally, you've mentioned about the whole idea of the, uh, you know, the glances that I never really noticed until you brought it up. Yeah, that's something that I just uh noticed um I wasn't necessarily looking for it but it just kept nagging at me when I would watch episodes and I'd notice whenever Lauren and Bo are together in a room and Bo leaves she'll turn around and give Lauren one last parting glance and I haven't done a scientific review of every scene so I can't say if it's a hundred percent on purpose but it is sort of omnipresent uh, in their scenes together. I remembered actually what it reminded me of. I don't think that it's an intentional illusion or comparison, but it reminded me a little bit of um, the myth of Orpheus in the underworld when he uh, is leading Eurydice out of the underworld. And then before they get above ground, he turns around and looks at Eurydice and she's gone. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's necessarily a direct comparison, but I think that what what it's saying to me is that Bo, you know, Lauren's on her mind and she's eager for one last look whenever she's leaving her. Maybe she thinks she won't see Lauren again. Maybe she just really likes looking at her. But I think to me, I'm taking it as a sign that she uh, is really, really in love with Lauren. Yeah. And especially in season one where Bo still really doesn't have a firm handle on what it means to be Faye. And certainly at this point, she doesn't know how important she's going to become. So, you know, you say that, that she looks as if it's the last time she's going to see her and, and, you know, maybe she's thinking that. Well, I think, yeah, they had lots of scenes together in uh, season one and two where they thought they might not, necessarily see each other again yeah and i think probably you know Bo's relationships have been by and large transient in her life up till now she's never been able to stay in one place at any one time so that makes sense that you know she's maybe even just not even certain how to handle 
a person who might be there, she, person she might see again, because there's probably very few people in her life that she sees more than you know a few times. So, all right. Um, all right. Why don't we jump into the the relationships for a second? And you know, I guess the first one we see is the one with Nadia, um, the girl in the bubble. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other thing I didn't think about until I started doing my, uh, you know, my quick watch is that, you know, the relationship with Nadia paralleled the one that Bo was having with Ryan Lambert. And it was during the Nate era. Huh. So I don't know that that means anything, but you know, it's there. Um, all right, so we go through, I think it's at episode six, um, where we first see, I think it's at the end of the episode, we see Lauren talking to the chamber, right? We don't know who's inside, but, you know, that's that's the first inkling we have of that. Uh, so, so Sally, what, a, what about Nadia? What a, what a blow, what a conflict when it seemed like things were heating up between Bo and Lauren. And then it comes out that Lauren has a secret girlfriend in a coma and she's not even the one who tells Bo about it. It's the Morrigan. And, you know, poor Bo is sent on a secret mission that she's told she's not allowed to tell anyone about to save Nadia. Um, but if she tells anyone about it, then, uh, then it won't work. Then Nadia won't be, saved. So that's, uh, it was a heck of an introduction, especially if, uh, if you, as a viewer, you were kind of rooting for the two of them, then, you know, it's, it's not hard to be sympathetic thinking about someone who's been in a coma and cryogenically preserved for five years, um, to be sympathetic to them, just waking up and all this time has, past. I think there's been a lot of good literature and movies uh, where people are in that sort of situation. And so it, you can feel empathy for the character of Nadia, but almost immediately, I think she's kind of portrayed as, um, you know, clingy and she picks up on something. It's clear that she's picking up on chemistry between Bo and Lauren and and Lauren hasn't come clean to her about what's been going on between the two of them. And, you know, I think that sort of drives Nadia to behave, um, you know, in a way where she's trying to cling even harder to Lauren. I'm a little unclear on at what point she became infected by the Garuda or per possessed by the Garuda, because I don't think all of her behavior for every episode that she's in, that she was necessarily possessed by the Garuda. I think some of it can just be chalked up to you come out of a coma and your girlfriend seems like maybe she's been sleeping with someone else. And so you're insecure about it. Yeah. But I mean, it does seem to be gradual. And like you said, at the very end, I mean, obviously we know that that's what it, you know, that was the Garuda, but I guess that's the, the thing that we wondered about, you know, do you, do you think she was that clingy, that, dependent before she went into the coma yeah well that's kind of i always i feel bad almost because like she is kind of annoyingly clingy and then she actually they, they go to lengths that make her uh downright like evil um and 
you know, and then you find out at, at you know ex post facto that that she was been possessed. I almost like wish they showed us her being possessed like earlier, so we could say you know, so like exactly, so we'd know well at which point is was this her behavior before? Is this how she was before? Is this part of coming out of the coma, or is this the you know possession by the Garuda? Um, because yeah, because you, you like. You know, we get to, as Sally said, you know, we get to a point where we're, you know, kind of interested in this developing relationship between uh, Bo and Lauren. And then all of a sudden, Nadia is back up and she's awake. And it's like, oh, but, but yeah, you certainly, you know, you, you can, you feel bad for like everyone, you know, like you feel bad for Nadia. Lauren is caught in between there. She's obviously has <coughs> loyalty to Nadia, but still this intense uh, attraction to Bo and, and everyone's confused and hurt, and, and and no one's at fault, you know, really. Well, you know, one of the first things we see, you know, they, they go on that road trip. I don't know if you remember that in uh, – <laughs> right. And they borrow Bo's car. I mean, really, they could have rented a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's a doctor for and, crying out loud. Yeah, it's like <laughs> – It is a cool car, though. But but the, the, the thing that I remembered – well, I didn't remember it. I, I – I, remembered it once I rewatched it is that she tells Bo not to call her. I need to find out if my relationship with Nadia is still intact. And, and, you know, like you're saying, I mean, both of you, it's almost impossible for it to be intact after five years. I I have to guess. I, I don't know that there's a lot of evidence um, in the text or in the, in the episodes about what their relationship was like, but I think there's no evidence that their relationship was toxic or, um, you know, codependent or anything before the Fae came into their lives. I think that they probably had a close and loving relationship. And if they had problems, I feel like maybe we would have been given a little hint that, um, that it wasn't new. So I think they probably... We're in love. I think Lauren was probably in love with Nadia. And then, you know, anyone who kind of leaves your life for five years, even if it's not their fault, I mean, certainly, and if you're having intense experiences like Lauren has been the last five years working for the Fae, learning about this whole other world, um, and then, you know, meeting Bo and just feeling this, uh, intense attraction and acting on it. I mean, that's going to change a person. So I don't think it was Nadia's fault. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I would say that their relationship, you know, by all accounts was probably strong. Um, well, it, it must have like, been because of the lengths Lauren goes to, to, to save her. You know, I mean, um, if it seems like if, if had it had been rockier or not been a very strong relationship, I mean, she wouldn't have gone to these extreme lengths to, you know, uh, as, she, as she does. Yeah. If you remember the one scene where they go to, uh, to Bo's, uh, uh, Lauren and Nadia, and, and Lauren says kind of as an aside, I'm sorry I had to bring her. <laughs> and and uh, you remember that scene. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Well, I think – Ouch. Uh, first of all, you know, I hope Nadia didn't overhear because she certainly seems to be picking up on. Well, I think stuff. she was, I think she was rummaging through Bo's drawers at that point. Yep. And, uh, you know, but it's also tough. I mean, 
Nadia's awake now and and she's with Lauren and I think she eventually gets to the point where she thinks I've got to figure out if this is still what I want, if this relationship is still happening. So I think she's struggling. I think that uh, she wishes she could have it both ways. There's a great interaction between Lauren and Bo where Lauren starts a little bit stammering, trying to fumble around to say the right thing. And uh, Bo kind of cuts her off and says, our lives are complicated, Lauren. And I thought that was, uh, I thought it was a, a good summary of their individual situation, but it also applies to, I think, the larger world of Lost Girl and the relationships that people have with each other. Um, sometimes TV tries to make things simpler for just ease of telling a story. And I think Lost Girl is, you know, doing the best that it can. And I think they're doing a great job within the confines of however many episodes they get in a season, 42 minutes of portraying that relationships are hard and they're complex. And, you know, when there's love involved and there's sex involved and friendships, um, our lives are complicated. For, you know, of the 42 minutes, if they devote, you know, maybe seven or eight, that's probably a lot in any given episode. So, yeah. Now, you know, we we're just talking about when, you know, Nadia and Lauren go to Bo's and, you know, the scene when uh, she's going, uh, Nadia's going through Bo's things. And I, there's some comic, because obviously we are talking about Lauren. Uh, there are a number of comic scenes that I, I just wanted to just, you know, touch on briefly because, you know, they're not all of that, uh, you know, I guess important in the, in the big, uh, big picture, but, uh, certainly the, the scene when Nadia is going through Bo's stuff and she comes across all the weapons, that was pretty funny. But, uh, <laughs> when Lauren's recounting her prom story in, uh, season two, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Wayne, I know you, uh, brought this up in, in the, uh, episode delinquents. Uh, I forget what number that was when, the. Yeah, the kid, they were like, you know, who, who knows how to make a pipe bomb? She right. raises her hand. She's one of the people, yeah. <laughs> all the delinquents in Lauren. And, and she looks around like, what? Yeah, like, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That's great. The scene with Vex. Remember when Vex, uh, and I'm making finger quotes, Vex can't get it up. Well, that's not unusual for a fae of your age. And, you know, just really, uh, I mean, classic on both their, both their parts. You know, the scene at, uh, oh, Gosh, I forget which episode this was, but but where Lauren's uh, she's oh oh it's when she is telling Bo about the winning the award. She, at first, I thought the scene was really lame. You know, Lauren's like real hyper. She's talking a mile a minute. And Bo asks her if she's on crack, <laughs> and um, you know, I, so you know, there's not. I mean, there are comic scenes in Lost Girl, obviously. It, it just seems like not that many of them revolve around Lauren, but but she is a great comic actress when called upon. Yeah. I think they, 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 a lot of, they, they play off of what is the expectation of her being like this, usually this straight and narrow character. And then you know, they bring in these revelations uh, about you know, these little bits they throw at us. Um, it's easy to, because with the, you know, the, the contrast there between this straight and narrow image versus some of the, the, the other silly or crazy things that come up about her. Um, you know, it's an easy way to come up with uh, comedy in that way. Right. 
Um, all right. Now, even before we get to obviously the the number one relationship in the show at this point is Bo and Lauren, and you know obviously that's come to be uh, labeled Docubus uh, on the internet and a lot of the Lost Girl websites. But as we show in our podcast artwork, you know, part of the yeah, I think part of the charm of the the series certainly early on was the little love triangle with Dyson. And, you know, I think there are some really cool scenes with Lauren and Dyson, you know, even though they both, you know, know that they're caught in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. I think Lauren and Dyson have a relationship that, and history that we haven't even maybe scratched the surface of. Um, you know, you mentioned Lauren is doctor to the Fae. Dyson skips his physicals and, you know, he kind of mutters that he doesn't like doctors. But, um, you know, is that really the real reason? Um, and then when Bo comes in for a checkup and Lauren's asking if she's tried, um, you know, having sex with a human to heal yet, and Bo says she's got it covered if she needs to heal, she has an arrangement with Dyson. And Lauren says, well, gosh, I'd prefer someone maybe as your doctor who's a little less well-traveled. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that uh, they seem to have some sort of low-level animosity that, you know, I think has to extend a little bit beyond just, like, I don't like doctors. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've found out what that is. Um, but they certainly have had an evolving relationship through seasons one through three and Dyson's trying to get Lauren to run away when, uh, when the light fair between ashes. But I think that, uh, it seemed like his motivation was really, he wanted to get Lauren out of the way as competition for Bo's affection. Right. Um, you know, it almost seems as if, uh, he and Lauren had some sort of a relationship working, working relationship before Bo even came on the scene. So, you know, we don't know what's happened you know, prior to Bo showing up even. Right. Yeah. They certainly would have obviously known each other, uh, before Bo showed up, but I, you know, I, I agree that a lot of animosity, I kind of chalked it up to is the you know, romantic rivalry type. Um, and, and of course in, in season two, that, that becomes much more intense. Uh, and then, you know, in season three, uh, Dyson kind of takes a back seat to and to let you know Bo pursue her thing and but then you know there still is we've talked about before you know the the one restriction really that uh that Lauren puts on Bo when she realizes that that you know uh Bo needs to sleep with other fae in order to to heal and to feed um you know her one restriction is no Dyson um so and but then at the end you know at the end of the season um you know after Bo and Lauren break up, then kind of they, now they have a more sympathetic relationship with one another. So, you know, that, that I think I've besides, except for the Bill Lauren relationship, I think probably one of the more compelling relationships throughout the course of the show has been this relationship between Lauren and Dyson, you know, from moving from, you know, rivals to kind of being, I guess, I don't know if we could say friends at this point, but certainly having a certain level of understanding. And I think he does really respect her abilities as a doctor. I mean, and and her abilities to function well under pressure. I mean, when he thinks he's killed Kenzie, 
you know, in uh, the Kenzie scale, I mean, he, you know, uh, she, he calls her, she comes to help. And then in fact, you know, when they realize that uh, Bo was right, uh, even hugs Lauren. And then we've got a couple of scenes of the two of them at the bar. Uh, I think one of the, uh, you know, the, the, the funny ones when they, they start, they're sitting there drinking at the doll and, uh, you know, they start talking about, you know, all these bad things about Bo. And then it immediately goes into, yeah, but she's loyal and she's brave. You know, the, all, all the good things that we know about her. Best so. sex I've ever had. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, I think they maybe toast each other on that one. <laughs> um, but all right. Well, why don't we get to Bo and Lauren, since that's obviously uh, a major part of the show. And, you know, right from the pilot, we can see that there are sparks and, um, but even as early as the second episode of season one, you know, she, Lauren, that is really risks her life by helping Bo who's unaligned. And and at that point, you know, the fact that Bo's unaligned makes it difficult for any of the light fae to really, you know, to help her. Yeah, Lauren has to go out on a limb um, even to treat her with uh, the injections she developed for the incubus who couldn't control his hunger. Right, right. Um, Actually, did you notice also um, when I was rewatching, I think it was episode number two, when Bo decided she would take Lauren up on her offer of help, uh, even though she wanted to remain unaligned, um, Bo had to get Lauren's phone number from Dyson. So it was Dyson who uh, connected them. Ah, I didn't yeah, notice yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Um, That's funny. Yeah. Um, fatal attraction. Uh, Kenzie notices serious sparkage uh, when they're at the doll. And, uh, you know, even at that point, Bo's coming on to Lauren, but Lauren. Uh, you know, turns her down because she thinks Bo's drunk and doesn't, you know, I guess doesn't want the, their relationship. If there's going to be a relationship to get off on the, on the wrong foot. So. Well, I just, you know, like the, this relationship uh, between, you know, Bo and Lauren, you know, it's like it, it in a weird kind of way. I don't know if I really felt this relationship until they broke up, you know, like I, I knew there was that, that song, that strong sexual attraction between them um and i knew that you know i i knew that there, that wasn't the only part of the relationship i just didn't feel it but then when you saw how both of them how uh you know how devastated they were when they broke up then all of a sudden it's like oh wow you know like now that was like the first time that i actually felt like there was like this kind of you know more than just a physical side to this relationship i think I know that's silly because I know there's, there's tons of evidence throughout there that there is more than the physical side of the relationship. But that's, that's really just the the first time that I actually kind of like felt like they were, you know, like had more to it than that. Well, I, I, you know, I thought from the beginning that it was just a relationship that was doomed to fail because of the fae human conflict. And that, you know, once we found out more about Bo and what we, when, once we found out more about her feeding requirements that you know, it just really seemed that that this relationship, you know, couldn't really go where, say, Lauren wanted it to go. Well, the heart wants what it wants. Yes, um, 
And, you know, Lauren uh, acknowledges, you know, look, I don't like it, but you are who you are. And, you know, just like Wayne mentioned, she sets out the no Dyson rule. And yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, I mean, that's, that's reasonable. I thought that scene was really telling both for, I think, the level of acceptance that Lauren was showing for who Bo is and, you know, that she's willing to do things, you know, or accept things about Bo that, you know, probably make her very uncomfortable, but she loves Bo and, you know, and she's in it. And so she wants Bo to remain alive and healthy. And so, uh, you know, she said it herself during season one, before they were even a couple, you know, a succubus needs a healthy sex life to remain stable. And, uh, I don't know if that was intended to be foreshadowing or not, but, you know, I thought that scene really revealed, I think the depth of, you know, Lauren's love for Bo, but also her ability to be selfless and to rise above, you know, what I think that the evidence was that, you know, she probably prefers a monogamous relationship and, uh, you know, but she's got to accept it. But I think that scene also, I think it is probable, probably intentional that it's meant to draw a contrast to, um, I think it was, was it season two or season one when, um, Bo and Dyson have to go undercover at the country club and, um, they get invited. I'm remembering this, I think, because I, you know, was listening to the, uh, the drinks at the doll podcast and they were discussing this scene in a different context about, um, when Bo and Dyson were invited to participate in swinging, uh, you know, or group sex with the other members of the country club. And, um, you know, Dyson said no, and Bo looked interested, but then Dyson called, said, we'll have to find a less sleazy method. And, you know, then kind of comes out that he's jealous and he says, I don't want to share you, Bo. And, you know, she says, I've been, you know, you're a succubus, it's your nature. And she says, I've been fighting my nature to, to be with you. And, you know, the unspoken implication is because I know it's what you want. And so I think that scene is a pretty stark contrast to, uh, you know, what happens when Bo has to have sex with Dyson to heal and then she comes and confesses it to Lauren. And, you know, Lauren's clearly upset by it, but she also accepts it. And, you know, I love you. I have to be okay with it, she says. Right, because it, it seems like it it's going to come down to you know, how strong Bo is able to be in, in being faithful to their relationship. You know, uh, I, I like the scene at the, at the bar, uh, when they're trying to find a partner for Bo, <laughs> and, uh, and then the one girl comes in who Wayne and I both thought for a while was, uh, I don't know if you watch Arrow. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, we thought it was Katie Cassidy from that. Just, but it just looked like her, um, you know, they both point her. <laughs> yeah, so. Right on. You um, know, the the last thing I'll say about the Lauren and Bo relationship is um, in Cage Fay, that's the first episode of season three, um, when Bo is undercover at the women's prison and Lauren's undercover as the prison doctor, when, when they're meeting up in the infirmary and talking to each other, uh, you know, Bo makes a crack, I think, about a relationship. And Lauren says, are you calling this a relationship or what we're doing? And I took that, the implication, 
to be like whatever's been happening off screen that we're not seeing that maybe they've been hooking up or seeing each other, but maybe not necessarily exclusively or monogamously. And it seems like maybe Bo has been unwilling to commit to a relationship until the end of that episode when she says, you know, it's time. Well, there's also, I think, in that episode where, uh, what was it called, Wayne Wombly? I think yeah. that was the, uh, right, but and the, Bo's whole- the, the baby that they- Right, and uh, Bo's holding the just-born Wombly, and, and Lauren's looking on and tells Bo that she wants babies, and, you know, Bo seems a little bit surprised, uh, but then, you know, that, that whole line, you know, that, that whole little scene where she says, it's time, us, I want to give this a real shot, be together life is too short and and you know it kind of sets the stage for really for season three which is really about their developing relationship so yeah and that's yeah i mean you know everyone has that that moment like you know when you're you see like a baby you're just like oh you know like um but you know you get like kind of like emotional and everything and then you think you know just kind of like because Babies are like the ultimate symbol of like possibility and and of uh, the future and everything. And so, um, you know, it was it was, a, it was really appropriate for the, the that scene to happen at that time. You know, and right. I think that there was also you had mentioned uh, comedic moments during the show and during the scene with the baby. Um, they discussed, uh, you know, not only do you want babies, but Lauren's already picked out the names Ethan and Charlotte for her children and Bo gives her kind of a look like, Whoa. And, uh, I think that was a deliberately funny moment, but I think it was also, um, I think intentionally, um, uh, a joke, a nod, um, you know, a reference to the lesbian community and, you know, same sex relationships between women in general, because, you know, there's a stereotype out there that, um, you know, women get together and then immediately move in and start talking about, you know, having kids and it all happens really fast. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, while I, while I don't think the show was, you know, trying to telegraph that that's where Bo and Lauren were necessarily going, I think that having them have, you know, even that 15 second conversation was just sort of a fun little nod to uh, a stereotype that exists. Um, now, you know, in the, the very next episode, um, you know, they have their, you know, I put in my notes, their first sex as a couple. Uh, but it, what it ends up doing is producing nightmares for Bo, which, you know, obviously is certainly troublesome to Lauren. You know, any... Well, well it's... I, I don't think it's a cause and effect relationship, right? That like the nightmares are coming because of, you know, what the, you know, with the battle of the, of the Garuda and, uh, you know, when she, you know, officially with the blue eyes start, you know, coming in her, these increasing powers, uh, of hers and everything, and, and which I guess we learn is actually the, the dawning, uh, you know, uh, coming on, uh, early onset dawning symptom. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, one of the things that I, I guess, 
you know, it, when I was it, when I was in my period where I was not necessarily a big Lauren fan, and, and certainly not a big Lauren fan in the relationship, uh, was I guess just that she seemed like she deferred to Bo too much. And you know, the the one if the uh, and I forget it's it's the episode where Bo's posing as a therapist, and it really, I, I guess it, it really got me this, the scene where she says to Lauren, you know, this whole doctor thing isn't as hard as I thought it would be, you know, maybe I should crack a book or two. And, you know, I was really glad to see Lauren, you know, really take offense to that as she should, you know, and, and I don't know if this is qualifies as their first fight, but, uh, you know, I was a little surprised that, that Bo, I mean, did she not realize how mean that was. I think it was a thoughtless thing for Bo to say, because, you know, certainly it sort of devalued, um, all the effort that, uh, Lauren and any medical doctor puts in to earn their degree and learn their craft. And, you know, I kind of wonder also if Lauren's a PhD an MD PhD as well, because she certainly seems at home in a lab and, I don't know if that's a skill that most medical doctors have unless she just learned it on the fly, but she's clearly very smart and she's been to school in Yale. But I think it was during that same fight that, um, you know, Lauren came back with uh, an even nastier comment that she wasn't going to, you know, take something or other from someone who didn't even finish high school. Yeah. And that was actually a lot more cruel than I think what Bo said that was just kind of thoughtless. And, you know, she was clearly hyped up on adrenaline and the thrill of being undercover. Yeah. Of course, the only reason she didn't finish high school is because she killed somebody, but that's... Uh, oh, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and then we get to the, uh, you know, the end of the season and, you know, the, the dawning obviously was a, you know, a huge event in, in Bo's life and, and certainly a huge event in their relationship where, you know, uh, Lauren had to, I mean, she didn't have to, but, you know, she acquiesced and, and said, no, Dyson should go with you. You know, he'll protect you. And, you know, I, I, at this point, I mean, to me, it was showing that, look, I trust you. You know, you, you, you said you wouldn't, do anything with Dyson. And I know he'll, you know, have your best interests at heart. So I have a lot to say about this, but Wayne, do you want to no, take no. a crack first? All right. So I, I know well, we got an official team Lauren person on with us. So I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I may be team Lauren, but not to the, uh, not to the detriment of other characters. No, no, so just I, I'm saying like you're knowledgeable about it. Yeah. So but, here's what I think about the donning and specifically Dyson's offer to be the hand. And I think that some of this has been left deliberately ambiguous by the writers because I couldn't find any clear indication of, you know, one way or the other of what I'm about to say. So when Dyson offers to be the hand and almost everyone in the room is like, especially trick is like, (gasps) you know, there's clearly something about being a hand that is, dramatic. We've never heard about it before, um, but Trick seems to know. And so what we later find out is that if there is a hand, then the hand doesn't come back. If the person going through the donning makes it through, then the hand remains behind. So Dyson was essentially volunteering for a suicide mission, even if he had an idea in the back of his head that Bo would find a way to get him out. Um, And when Lauren you know, kind of gives permission for Bo to accept his offer. 
and says you should take every advantage that you can get. What's not clear to me is whether Lauren is aware of this, uh, this little footnote about the hand, that the hand remains there forever. I kind of think she doesn't know about it because, um, you know, Lauren's not necessarily privy to all the information about what is a very private ritual, which is the donning. But, you know, it is a, she's well read. It's a possibility that maybe uh, in the back of her mind, she thought this would be a good way to get Dyson out of her way. I give that about a 10%, but it was an interesting thing to think about as a source of conflict later on between Bo and Lauren. I think, you know, it just, as from, from Dyson's standpoint, it's, he knows that, that Bo is supposed to be much, much older taking on this challenge and that he might see this as like really the best chance or maybe even the only chance she has of, of surviving it. Um, and as far as, you know, Lauren, you know, knowing that it, it would be a suicide mission. Yeah, I, I'd say it's probably unlikely. Occam's razor says it's it's unlikely. That if you just look at the simplest solutions, is, or the, you know, the, the boil it down to the, the simplest level, that Dyson does it out of altruism. Lauren gives uh, Bo permission out of thinking that, like Dyson, that this is the best chance Bo is going to have to survive this. And then you can you know, read in other things, and, and but I think probably the the basic intent of the writers was just the it is simply what it appears to be, right? And then I guess the outside chance is that that Dyson, knowing full well that like like uh, Sally said, if Bo succeeds, he's not coming back. But for everything he's seen, you know, in these three seasons. You know, does he have faith that she's somehow going to find a way to do both, to succeed in the dawning and bring him back, which obviously is what happens. I think there's definitely been a sense from him and Trick also, and there's evidence in, you know, early conversations they have in season one, which, you know, who knows how far ahead the writers were thinking when they put these comments in, but... You know, it seems like Bo is special, and she becomes, you know, a champion. She's certainly the hero and the protagonist of this series. And, you know, when she's first coming onto the scene and Dyson and Trick are discussing in the doll, you know, that there's this, um, you know, mysterious new unaligned person, you know, they exchange a comment, which is, it's starting, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I think that Dyson maybe has some good reason to believe that Bo is special and is going to do extraordinary things. So he doesn't think twice about, you know, what under normal circumstances would be a suicide mission. But even if it was, I mean, he still loves her. And, you know, if you love someone selflessly, then that's part of it is you would lay down your life for them. All right. Now, uh, we, we get to the, you know, the, we're at the dawning and, you know, the end of, of the season and, you know, I, I guess a lot of this has come to a head and, you know, Lauren tells Bo, you know, the, the, you know, the famous line that, um, you know, I think we need a break. When I said that I felt the relationship was doomed, you know, way back when, you know, she sort of, I guess, says what I was thinking when, when she says, I think that I'm always going to be asking you for more than you can give me. 
And, you know, I mean, there, I think you can interpret that on a lot of different levels, but, you know, the obvious level is that as a succubus, is she going to be able to remain faithful to Lauren? But I think at this point, we also know that, and Lauren knows that, you know, Bo's role in the Fey community is, is you know, infinitely more important and, and infinitely bigger than anybody thought it was going to be when they started their relationship. I think that's definitely true. And I, beyond Bo's, you know, big role for things to come in the Fey, though, on a interpersonal level and a relationship level, she hadn't really been a very good girlfriend in, you know, in the few episodes and scenes that lead up to their breakup. And, you know, justified, she's had a lot going on. She's had a lot on her mind. Um, But even when, you know, she may have had some time to breathe, I think there's just tremendous examples and evidence that she's just taking Lauren for granted and, you know, expecting that she'll always be there and not really giving her, you know, the time, you know, that Lauren is trying to communicate or flag to her that she needs and would like. And I was, I think that, um, I sensed that the, the trouble was coming, that the breakup was coming as I was watching the show. And, uh, you know, it just, I knew it was headed that way. And I kept thinking back to other same-sex relationships in other supernatural shows. And, you know, the one that comes to mind is um, Willow and Tara in Buffy. Um, And uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Buffy, but (laughs) Tara ends up getting shot through the heart, um, you know, right after she and Willow have had what appears to be, um, intense makeup sex. And that was a, I think a devastating blow to fans of the show who were really personally invested in that relationship. And I was wondering as I, you know, kind of look at this new show that has come along a decade or more later with more, you know, adult and mature characters and, maybe even more mature themes uh, than Buffy, and how could they engineer a situation or a plot that would make this breakup uh, palatable and believable and not something that just made um, every lesbian and bisexual woman's head explode who uh, was really personally invested in this relationship. And I think that... um, in as much as that would be possible that they really pulled it off in spades because I was watching their conversation about the break and Bo's behavior. And I was like, you go Lauren, you know, nobody walks all over Dr. Lauren Lewis, you know, you tell her to get that you need a break. And, um, I want them to get back together, of course, but, uh, some things, you know, some things you need to have a break. Right. And that's what I said, you know, when I was saying earlier that, that I really, you know, I, I, that scene in particular is what got me back on, you know, Lauren's side as a character that, that, you know, standing up for herself and, you know, it's, it's almost as if the ball's in your court now, right? You you know, I want to be with you, but, you know, and it's a tough situation for Bo. We, we understand that because of, you know, what role she's going to have to play, but still, uh, 
Yeah, we kind of see, you know, when, as as Bo is out um, running around with Tamsin, and you know, and Lauren's sitting there, and she keeps calling. She's waiting to go to, to this, the, her big award and everything. Um, you know, you see kind of like the the effect is having because it's very unlauren like behavior for her just to um you know like getting drunk on her own all that stuff i mean it's, to- it's totally not not her and so you see this is really this whole relationship is is you know um kind of messing with her in a, in a, in a major way and and uh causing her to do things she wouldn't normally do yeah cause ordinarily that would have been a, a humorous scene seeing her drunk yeah, it's, talk, it's really talking not, on the phone yeah. like no not at all um, all right. Well, anything else we want to say? Uh, we've covered quite a bit here. Um, I had a couple of other random thoughts. Um, you know, thinking of Lauren's relationship to other characters, um, I thought about, you know, she and Trick don't really have much of a relationship other than, you know, when they interact with each other. But I kind of wondered for a while in season one, Trick was really opposed to Dyson being involved with Bo. And it was clear that he disapproved and he even instructed Dyson to break it off. And I was never clear on exactly the reason why, if he didn't think Dyson was good enough for Bo or if there was something that was going to be revealed for why this would be a bad pairing of Faye. And then you know, so that happened, you know, Dyson gave his love away. I mean, because, it, I mean, it would be hard to believe that he doesn't think Dyson's worthy. I mean, you know, he knows Dyson. So it's got to be something else, like you said. But but what? I mean. Um, well, yeah, his his change of heart is kind of sudden. I've always kind of thought it's just like, you know, like the. Like Michelle Lovett had an idea of the this way the story was going to go, and then all of a sudden, like he said, uh, maybe not or something. You know, like something changed in there um, because I think uh, we were talking about Trick. I mean, just the character of Trick went from being like kind of at first a very kind of not necessarily a likable character in those first couple episodes to you know a big change. So I don't know. Maybe the, the, when the numbers started coming in and they got some feedback, I don't well, know. Well, and I think that's okay. Um, you know, I don't think that probably many TV shows have their entire scripts plotted out from the beginning to the end. But, you know, I think that, you know, if you do make a change like that, then, you know, there ought to be a reason and it should make sense, even if you're thinking of the reason after the fact. And, you know, maybe we're going to get that reason, but the contrast between Trick's reaction to when Bo started dating Lauren and Bo's in the doll and says to Trick, well, I'm going to go see my girlfriend. And he smiles and he's benevolent and he's like, have fun. And, uh, you know, I wondered at first, it seemed like maybe he approves of Bo and Lauren because Lauren's so awesome or he loves Lauren. But then, you know, I started to think later, especially in season three, as it began to become apparent that Trick has some sort of bias against humans, um, that um, is shared by many of the Fae that uh, it's clear to me that he just kind of doesn't take Bo and Lauren's relationship seriously or in the same uh, way as he took the idea of a relationship between 
Dyson and Bo. And it's because humans don't live that long. So even if they have a relationship for a while, you know, in Fae terms, it's not going to last that long. Well, I think that, um, you guys on the podcast have talked about the hero's journey from time to time as a recurring theme during, uh, the episodes. And so Bo's the one on the hero's journey, you know, she's the main character. I think we've seen Lauren have some heroic moments and, you know, Dave, you alluded to this in the beginning of the podcast that, um, in the last episode, you know, it's clear that Lauren has saved everyone and almost nobody knows about it, but, you know, she really came through. I love the moment where Dyson, you know, laughs about Taft being a Cabot and says, Lauren Lewis is a genius. Well, I mean, there, there are a number of, you know, uh, situations, uh, you know, that, that she, yeah, I mean, even going undercover, like you mentioned in the Faye prison, you know, she's risking a lot, you know, to, to do that sort of thing. Um, you know, one, one thing that she does that, you know, I, I look at it as heroic if you, gosh, I, I think it was still in season one. Yeah. I think it was in arachnophobia when she is the one that's responsible in calling in mm-hmm. the strike on Bo's house, right. That's going to yeah. kill Bo. And, you know, she does it, uh, you know, for the greater good. Yeah. And, I still have know, issues but, with that though, but, uh, but yeah, it's, she, she makes a tough call though. Right. And, and right or wrong, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I see that as a heroic act, you know, because. And, and she's the one that ends up, like she stabs the heart too, right? Like she kind of like saves the day a little bit there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the war with the Garuda. I mean, you know, in all of these situations, she's right there with them. And, you know, from a physical standpoint, I mean, she's not, you know, she's not a fighter. She's there every step of the way. So. Yeah, but wouldn't that be cool if, like, all of a sudden, like, she just busts out, like, some ninja moves, like, next season? <laughs> like, you know, like I said, those, those contrast moments, you know, like, all of a sudden, like, this, this Karen girl, maybe she was, like, some secret agent. Well, or that's what I think it the beauty happen. of how they left um, the last episode the beauty of it all uh, season four could go in any number of different ways. And, you know, I'm sure they, well, I guess they're shooting right now. So they've probably written every, everything, but um, you know, I don't think there's necessarily anything that has to be written in stone. If you've just watched seasons one through three, I think there are several equally valid and probable directions that the show could go. And uh, I'm really excited to see what they come up with. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait. Gosh, it looks like early 2014 in the U.S. Mm. No. Um, you know, just uh, like, you know, maybe like, yeah, like what could happen next season is I, I totally agree. I think we said talking about the end of season three that there, there's just there's there's no definite path. There's no storyline that they've run so far that can't be completely turned on its head in the next season. It, you know, cause we just, we literally have very little clue about what's going on altogether. Um, and there's so many, you know, everything's so up in the air that, uh, there's a lot of possibilities out there. 
But uh, well, whatever, whatever possibility, certainly, uh, you know, Lauren's going to be right smack there in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, I think her getting back together with Bo is, is a very strong possibility. I think much, much stronger possibility of her getting back together with Bo than anything between Bo and Dyson happening. I think if, if there's going to be a relationship at all, it's going to be between Bo and Lauren. Uh, not Bo and Tamsin? No. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for things that we, you know, uh, storylines left up in the air, uh, we wondered whether Tamsin was coming back. And I guess Rachel Scarston has tweeted that, you know, she is coming back for season four. Yeah, so. you know, so she did tweet that. And then later on, she deleted the tweet. With no explanation, and then a different actress tweeted that she was playing a teenage Tamsin for some of the episodes of uh, season four, and then later on that younger actress or different actress had tweeted that she was all wrapped with the, uh, the episodes she was in. So I certainly hope Rachel Scarston is returning, but I don't know why she deleted her tweet or what it means. I was wondering why I couldn't find it because I read it in somebody's, you know, in, in a forum post and then I went to look for it and, and yeah. Well, let's wrap that up, uh, wrap tonight's show up. Uh, I think we've explored Lauren, uh, you know, I mean, she's a character that I've kind of come full circle on and, you know, that that is clearly integral to the show. Next week, Wayne. Or, ne- or next, 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 next show. Next show. You pre- yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, we are going to talk about Orphan Black. So, Sally, <laughs> spoiler alert. So you got you got about two weeks to watch I'll, all ten episodes, and I'll I know, get on I know it. you can do it. It's easy. Uh, you can do it three nights, no problem. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Orphan Black, which is you know certainly I, I one of my three favorite shows right now. I mean, between uh, Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and Continuum. But uh, you can drop us a line at Fatalist oh, Podcast. It doesn't make that list, dude. Uh, nah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, not <laughs> not the top, th- not the top three. No, nah, not the top three. It's good. Yeah. I'm liking it, but no, nah, not the top three. Um, and you're not watching Falling Skies, are you? No, I just saw that it's uh, available on Amazon Prime, so I can actually maybe get caught up on that one. Yeah, um, I'm. Still a little ambivalent. I mean, I still watch it, but uh, oh, under the dome. Yeah. Either of you watch it? I, I, I recorded the uh, the first episode. I haven't watched. And it I haven't yet, watched but, it, but no. I read the book. I've read every Stephen King book ever, and it's a uh, great okay. story. I imagine it's going to be awesome on TV. Well, what I can tell you is uh, just that apparently it has deviated from the book already. But apparently with Stephen King's blessing, apparently he's been on the set and, and that, you know, he's definitely on board with how they've changed some things up. So, you know, I'll leave it to you to, to watch. Yeah. But, actually, uh, I, I saw, I actually saw numbers on that one. I just some randomly, uh, uh, article I was reading, but I think they pulled down like 17 mil on that first episode. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Man, that's NCIS like numbers. <laughs> So, all right. Anyway, uh, if you got something to say about Lost Girl, about tonight's episode, uh, you know, life, the universe in general, drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can check out the website, fatalist.podbean.com, and you can leave us a voicemail. Click the green tab at the right side of the page. Uh, if you do that, though, you're limited to 90 seconds. And I mean, I think in this day and age, most of you know how to record an MP3, and you can send that on your way as an attachment. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Twitter for the occasional tweet, and as most of the listeners are likely doing, access us through iTunes. So, Sally, I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. It's been awesome. Thanks for inviting me, guys. This uh, is great. Oh, we'll have to do it again for sure. Yeah, certainly. And, uh, if, if, yeah, especially if you're talking about Lauren, because man, she's got you got some scary knowledge there, Sally. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, until next time, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs>